Bruce Fine, you're joining us. I have, I've summarized in my political experience that this indictment that is coming down is just a trial balloon to see just how Trump's protesters, how they will behave. Because we saw what happened during January 6th. Over 1,000 arrested, 500 convicted, more today. And because if they don't react in a the way they did on January 6th, then, because the real, the real charges, the real indictments are in Georgia, yeah. Mar-a-Lago, yeah, yeah. and January 6th. Six, right. But this is a trial balloon. Yeah. And if the supporters don't come out, and I think that they'll be deterred by knowing what's happened to the January 6th uh, participants, uh, then Trump looks like a paper tiger and everything collapses. You will find all the rats will jump the sinking ship. Um, something similar happened uh, that I witnessed during President Nixon and Watergate. There, he wasn't, he was named as an unindicted co-conspirator. Uh, he wasn't actually later indicted because he received the pardon from Gerald Ford. But when it was clear that that they were ready, if he didn't get indicted, he was going to be impeached and removed from office after trial, so he resigned. But everybody abandoned him. But those who even stayed on late, they all got massacred in the 1974 elections. And anyone who saw that is going to say, I'm not sticking around if they see Trump going under. And the, his support will vanish, you know, in, in, in a second. Uh, and that's why he took a huge risk. It wasn't just him. Kevin McCarthy said all the people in the Republican Party have to clamor for big turnout and protest against the so-called witch hunt, I guess because not as many blue dresses as they had in Clinton yet, uh, to show that he did have sex with Stormy Damsels that he continues to deny. Uh, and that could make his fall very fast. Uh, I think he rolled the dice because he's desperate. Is this similar to John Edwards? Um, or Bill Clinton? Uh, it's similar to Bill Clinton, except that Bill Clinton wasn't paying uh, Monica Lewinsky for sex. Uh, he lied about it, and so his, his uh, uh, charges were obstruction of justice and, and perjury, uh, not paying off, you know, basically a prostitute but to conceal a campaign. But if he had used his own personal funds and not campaign money, we would not be having this conversation. Well... If he may, if he used his personal funds, but the purpose of the payoff uh, was to influence the outcome of the election in 2016, which clearly it was because it comes just on the eve of the voting, and he thought that this would be embarrassing after the Access Hollywood tape is publicized, which put him in uh, the doghouse with regard to many women voters, he then would have to report the, the, the payment as a campaign contribution. Um, so... That's, that, that still would be um, illegal if he didn't do that and just said, well, so what? What do, you, what do you say to the critics who talk about Hunter Biden's laptop and the Biden criminal enterprise that has been clearly divulged? In fact, there is a report on CNN today that <laughs> they were paid millions of dollars. Hunter Biden was paid millions of dollars. In fact, paid millions of dollars. This is CNN. And, and what about the Steele dossier that Hillary Clinton's funded, and yet people say you have one standard for Donald Trump, yet a different standard for someone else who's a presidential candidate, uh, and justice is not blind? I think that's uh, an incomplete story of what's happened. 
first of all, the Hunter Biden has not escaped. He's still under investigation. But well, they don't think and, he's going to ever and, 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 the, and the investigation is by a Trump appointee. You remember the Hunter Biden investigation began when Trump was president. The, the attorney general has not replaced that in prosecutor. So, I mean, he may go forward. I don't, I, I look to me like there's a lot of suspicious things about Hunter Biden, including his character. He doesn't seem to be able to have, you know, any control over his, his, his lusts and hormonal gratifications. Uh, he may well get indicted if that's the, the facts are, but I don't think it's cover up. Now, with regard to Hillary Clinton, there in fact were uh, indictments brought against at least two persons uh, by Mr. Dunham, who was hired specially by the Trump White House to look into whether there was some kind of corruption in the investigation trying to tie Trump's campaign with the Russians. That was Mr. Durham. He brought two indictments and there were acquittals. So it didn't just go away, but that's how the system works. The system isn't perfect. Sometimes you get exonerations when the, the jury reaches a verdict that you think is different, but the process is not uneven handed on that score. I don't think, I think it's too early to say that Hunter Biden's gonna get a buy for something that Trump didn't until the investigation concludes and Hunter Biden is in no way, you know, out of the, uh, out of the, the, the target zone. What about all the intelligence, members of the intelligence community that signed the document, knowing it was a lie, that Hunter Biden's laptop was propaganda? Well, these were people who were not working in the government. They said that they couldn't confirm. No, they that, said it was propaganda. Well, John Brennan was <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, but John Brennan wasn't, he wasn't making that statement in his capacity as the head of the CIA. But he made the statement. Right. But that on, for good or for ill, when you're a private citizen, you can make statements that are lies. And if you think they're wrong and you've been defamed, you can sue. Uh, but it's not a crime. So you don't think the former president is a victim? No, I don't think he's a victim. If I and I put the comparison, uh, Armstrong, with President Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon, this is when he was in the White House, not out. He was being investigated for crime by Archibald Cox. He was subpoenaed by you know, Leon Jaworski. You know, he lost cases in the Supreme Court. After he left, and he, he got a pardon, but afterwards he was called for seven to eight hours before a grand jury to testify as to what he knew about Watergate. Uh, he had, to, he had, remember his taxes as well, were examined by the Congress. He paid hundreds of thousand dollars in back taxes because he overvalued, you know, old papers that he contributed to a library. Um, Where's, the, where's the, the, the discrepancy between what happened to Mr. Nixon and Mr. Trump? If, if Trump were a Democrat with the same allegations, would the media have behaved differently? Absolutely they would have. I consider Biden has done all sorts of terrible things and the media just won't cover it. For example, most recently we have Cy Hirsch, Fabled reporter of the New York Times, he disclosed Milai Abu Ghraib. You know, he comes up uh, with his sources and finds someone who has firsthand knowledge that it was Mr. Biden who ordered the explosions of the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines. Those are. Not the Russians. Uh, no, no. No. With the, what and they, they, they lied. And, and they lied. Yeah, yeah. And they, he lies about it, even though just before Russia attacked Ukraine, President Biden made a statement in the White House press office. Categorically, if Russia attacks Ukraine, Nord Stream pipeline is going to be blown up 
I know how to do it, but I'm not going to tell you how. And then after the pipeline was blown up, his Secretary of State said, this is wonderful, the United States. It's a great strategic advance because now Putin has no more leverage over our European partners. And that statement is echoed by Victoria Nuland, undersecretary. So who benefits? That's the starting point of any investigation. Qui bono? Well, the Biden administration, this is wonderful for us that they got blown up. And yet, what is it the mainstream press? Will they cover uh, the, the, the story? No. They bury it and say, oh, well, somebody thinks that it was a, a rogue Ukrainian group who did this on their own. Amateurs could go into the, into the Baltic Sea and, and blow up these pipelines, which is on a face absurd since our intelligence uh, agencies like the NSA, we know everything that moves in the world. Walk, walk us through uh, what happened. Was Trump notified of what was going to happen, that he would be indicted, and he decided to take to the microphones to tell his constituency and tell America, I'm going to be indicted, protest. Just walk us through that process. Well, I don't think we have a complete picture, Armstrong. Mm -hmm. The way it would typically work, you know, if, if it was in, in ordinary course, is that um, the prosecutor here, which is the district attorney in Manhattan, would talk to Trump's lawyers. You don't talk to the, you know, the accused directly. He has lawyers. And they'd say, well, he got, got it do from it. his lawyers. Well, Trump doesn't say he got it from his lawyers. His lawyers have said no, that they haven't been told. Interesting. So Trump, so apparently it, it, the, 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 the word got leaked out or something. And moreover, it may have been inaccurate. You remember Mr. Trump said he's going to be arrested on Tuesday. Well, today's Monday. It may not be Tuesday. So it may be he had suspicions and he thought he wanted to try to jump the gun and see whether he could intimidate the district attorney from going forward by suggesting, well, he's going to have a huge turnout, be violence in the street. And this was his last desperate that's effort. That's what he wants. Yeah, because that's what that's that's what he thinks. That's his defense. Do you think he wants violence in the street? I don't. I think he wants anything that will get him off is what he wants. I don't think he specifically wants violence or not. But remember, on January 6th, when he could see the violence on television in uh, the Capitol, he didn't lift a finger to try to quell it. Not one. It was Mike Pence who called the law enforcement in to stop them. But I, I don't think if, if the Americans were watching or continue to watch what happened to the people in the Capitol on January 6th who lost their families, lost their, their financial ruin, lost their way of life. I mean, so much destroyed. I don't think they'd want to follow that path, whether Trump encourages them to protest not. And also, the left is very cunning and manipulative. They can also plant people, if he's indicted, the protest and the riot, and blame them yeah. on, blame it on Magna supporters. This is a very, this no, is a very can, scary yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it is a scary time. You got false flags on yeah, all sides. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt that that is a possibility. But if, the, uh, but your question was not w whether there would be violence, whether Trump would want it or would accept it. I think that given the desperation and what we saw on January 6th was he was willing to accept the violence because he's the president of the United States. He has authority over all law enforcement, D.C., the military. He didn't lift a finger, and he could see what was going on. People's lives were ruined, too, on the, the protest side. But remember, 140 Capitol Police were injured. Some of them died afterwards. You know, there was a lot of wreckage. Over $2 million worth of property do, was destroyed. Do you believe on these charges of hush money to Stormy Daniels, that we should weaponize the political process with the former president and indict him. 
Well, it's a question of whether, I don't believe we should ever weaponize the process. Mr. Trump right now is a presumption of innocence. He's not even been formally accused by a grand jury yet. That, that, as far as we know, we haven't voted. Um, but, uh, but people were making the same argument Armstrong with regard to Richard Nixon. Hey, you're politicizing the process. You know, why are you going after him? Well, you went after him because he committed crimes, obstruction of justice. He was ordering his aide to say they couldn't remember when they could remember. Remember the 18 and a half minute gap on one of the White House tapes? I don't think you're politicizing. If anything, I think the pardon was politicizing justice. When you, Mr. Trump is entitled to all of the benefits of presumption, uh, impartial jury, impartial judge, right to appeal, right to cross-examine his accusers, uh, proof beyond a reasonable doubt, the burden is on the prosecutor. Our system builds in protections against people who are wrongly accused. And Mr. Trump is entitled to all of those. Uh, but I don't call that, you know, weaponizing the, the, the government. It's, it's ironic that you use the phrase because today the chairman of the House Judiciary, Jim Jordan, said, well, he's going to call Alan Bragg, the prosecutor in Manhattan whose loyalty and who works for Manhattan in New York. Let's, let's, look, at, let's look at Alvin, Alvin Bragg's record. Yeah. He doesn't prosecute prostitution. He doesn't believe that there should be long incarceration. He doesn't prosecute if you jump it over the, oh, over the fair for fair at the subway. He doesn't prosecute that. He doesn't prosecute petty crimes. And yet, in his dictionary of what he would not prosecute, Trump falls under that definition. Well, I think that, number one, uh, we can't look at, it, 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 believe that he's operating in, in isolation. He's seen other things that's Trump done, even though he only has jurisdiction. More, he, you don't think he's some progressive paid and bought for by George Soros. And you don't no. think he's doing the bidding of the White House? No, he's a Democrat. He runs for office. He's an elected official. So he's looking at his constituency. I do believe politics enters into the equation when you have elected prosecutors, which is true all over the country. They run on campaigns. That's true in some places where judges are elected. I'm not denying that, 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 that politics doesn't enter into the equation, but it's inescapable when you have, you expect someone who's elected not to be uh, sensitive to what the political fallout is going to be. Now, the crimes that you mentioned, that's inherent in prosecutorial discretion. But to be candid, sure, I believe that if the same prosecutor was in Idaho or in Wyoming, there's no way he would say, no, this is not important enough for me you to look at. You believe Trump will be indicted? Yes, I do. Why? Because it's customary, very seldom varies, that before you indict somebody, uh, you invite the target to come testify to the grand jury. Last opportunity to try to exculpate yourself. They did that to Trump, and he decided he didn't want to do it. But that's the last step mm. before an indictment comes. Um, and that's a signal that uh, now the vote will occur before the grand jury. Now, there was a final witness, uh, an aide to, uh, uh, to Michael Cohen, the former lawyer for Mr. Trump. We don't know what he said. And they're supposed to be testified today. I could affect the, you know, a grand jury vote. Um, but... And until the grand jury votes, uh, Mr. Trump is not accused of anything. Uh, there's a presumption of innocence even after they would vote to indict. So you're just asking me, based upon how the criminal justice process customarily works, the you indictment know, is imminent. Former prosecutor and a, a member of Congress, Trey Gowdy, said this weekend that this is beginning the destruction of the prosecutorial process and these witch hunts will change and destroy America in the end. There have been prosecutions like this forever. Let me recount Robert Jackson, um, 
This is the Attorney General in 1940. And he later was appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court. He was our chief prosecutor at Nuremberg. And he said, as Attorney General, uh, we now have such an assortment of laws on the books that the fear we have, again, this is 80 years ago, 83 years ago, is that it's no longer a case of a crime being committed in the prosecutor's search for the culprit. But somebody becomes obnoxious, uh, hated by the prosecutor, and he scours the books to pin an offense on him. He says, that's the danger. The prosecutorial discretion is so broad. And that's unfortunately been true for 80-some years. A friend of mine, Harvey Silverglade, he wrote a book called Three Felonies a Day. He defended, you know, Michael Milliken's brother. And he said that Michael Milliken, that he pled guilty because that's the only way the, the brother otherwise was going to be indicted and sent to prison for many, many years. Uh, there's so many technical rules on the books that if you want to look hard enough, the prosecutor can go after anybody. So it inherently makes it. But that's been true long before Trey Gowdy spoke, and it'll be true after he speaks. Well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> our sources tell us that the former president will be indicted. I just am always concerned about how Americans, and particularly his base, responds. It's always a pleasure having you join us, being neutral, and call it as you see it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.